Welcome to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup Podcast, brought to you by Bluefledge. We discuss mobility topics related to Android and enterprise workforce devices and how they intersect with business and technology. This is episode 221. We're joined by Bluefledge's two partners, Richard Makerson and Brett Cooper, as they discuss trends and predictions around workforce devices for 2022 and beyond. Welcome, Richard and Brett. Richard, thanks for sitting down with me today. In the next few minutes, we're going to be talking about retail trends and predictions for enterprise workforce devices in 2022. So before we start with that, can you tell me a bit about what is a enterprise workforce device or what's your definition of an enterprise workforce device? So I'll give you the Rick Makerson definition so that nobody flames me in the comments later, but it has a few elements, right? So the enterprise portion of it, it's company owned. Um, it's not a personal device you bring to work to use, but it's a company-owned device. Typically, these are shared devices. So when I'm coming into work, doing my shift, I'm able to use it. And the third one is, is purposeful, right? So whether I'm loading bags on a tarmac for an airline, working in a hospital, working in a retail environment, um, it's purpose-built for that environment, for how I work, for how I carry, um, for the healthcare, you know, for it to be cleaned by certain products so that not bringing germs into an environment and making people sick. So company owned, used by employees, purpose built. Got it. All right. So the rugged ones we can drop on the ground and they don't, they don't smash. Yeah. You can drop it on the ground, running over with a forklift a few times, not every day, but maybe one day. Like when my kids bang them around, it makes me happy that they can bang a device. And it doesn't, I do doesn't give my devices that I work with to my daughters to play with is not going to break them. And for context, his daughters are three and one. So they, uh, they break a lot of things. All right. So let's talk about the trends. We got, we got seven trends. We talked about a couple of these um, beforehand and have some notes on it. And the, the first trend you called out was applications. And, and I guess, go ahead. Applications. Tell me more. Well, the rise of applications. So, you know, when we started, you know, 15, almost 20 years ago, those first mobile devices didn't have any Wi-Fi and they barely had any memory. So you had a device and an application. And as those devices matured or even the applications, maybe they grew. But, you know, now these devices rival the spec of some of the uh, consumer devices out there. So you have a lot more space, a lot more capabilities. So, you know, organizations are loading these devices up with all kind of applications, whether they're homegrown, SaaS. So we're seeing a lot of applications on these devices. Are you seeing when you say SaaS versus homegrown, what is what is the trend? Are you seeing trends of people going one way versus the other, like adding more more their own apps versus more the SAPs and Oracles in the world? I see it going in both directions. So if you work for an organization and they pride themselves on you know, building um, their own applications and differentiating themselves in the marketplace, they are starting to be okay with some SaaS uh, applications on those devices and some organiza- organizations that have traditionally just leveraged a big SaaS offering like your Oracles or your SAPs or your High Jumps or your Manhattans are now starting to lean into uh, more homegrown applications. You know, some of that is, you know, if I'm a big company, SaaS makes me a little bit more efficient. I don't have to build it. I don't have to maintain it. I can just roll it out there. Um, I don't have that time. But if I'm a full SaaS organization, I may have a little bit of time to um, to experiment, do hackathons, and get some homegrown um, applications out there. Got it. Cool. We'll probably have to come back to 
the hackathons in a future future episode. But all right, second trend you called out was connectivity. So t- tell me about connectivity. Where do you see connectivity going in 2022? So Wi-Fi six would be something very interesting uh, for the locationing part of it. You know, not only do I get better coverage. I get uh, more throughput from a bandwidth perspective, but I'm able to see where my devices are at in space. And so on the workforce uh, side, I'm able to get more information about who's doing what, when and where. Some of that can be fed back into an organization's intelligence. Some of it could be fed back in the tools that use AI to drive tasking and performance. Um, And 5G and uh, LTE. So I'm seeing that in two ways. One, um, some organizations are leveraging the private LTE networks and um, some uh, devices out there. I know Samsung pretty heavily relied on private LTE to enable enterprise devices or just um, giving a lot of different options for how these devices could be lit up. Um, So you're seeing more of a combination uh, versus a Wi-Fi only device or a cellular device, much more open to mixing um, how devices connect to, you know, back office or the internet in general. Yeah, we'll have to come back to that locationing one. I'm interested more about that if we have time here. Uh, trend three you called out was communication apps, and I feel like there's like this like a super big box. I mean, we're all we all have. The Facebooks, Instagrams on our phone, we all have phones and it feels like that corporate devices are finally catching up. So what's what's your thoughts on where that's going to go in the next 12, 24 months? Yeah, communications has been interesting. Uh, and I think COVID has played an uh, interesting part in it as well. Right. So as we've worked more uh, remotely, organizations have lit up Zoom, they're leaning on Slack and especially Microsoft Teams. And so I could see on these workforce uh, devices um, extending that Teams or some of that communication um, uh, ability, out pushing it out to the field. You know, Zebra is rolling heavy with the Workforce Connect. Um, I know Honeywell has partnered with Theatro uh, in some instances, and they're using uh, Counterpoint and others. But um, you know, organizations are opening up to people communicating just because they know that they can be uh, more efficient and more productive. Uh, The other trend is almost a sub-bullet of communication. Uh, So communication in lieu of telephony. And so these devices don't necessarily need to be connected to a traditional um, telephone or switchboard anymore. And so I I think a trend we'll start to see would be organizations that have uh, a public storefront or public Um, exposure, whether it's on Google Maps, Apple Maps, Yelp, and being able to chat and have that chat make it down to an expert, either in a call center or somebody into a store to, you know, have that communication. So, you know, no longer do I have to pick up a phone, you know, I'm right here in this um, experience, whether it's in a map or on a uh, organization's website and just start having a conversation about somebody about a product as a consumer directly talk to the person in the store. Yes. yes. Be interesting how, how that gets picked up. Um, the next trend. And I, this one, I think it was a little controversial when you and I talked about it when I looked at your notes uh, and I, I noted it was, so you, you wrote RFID and I wrote, this might actually be the year. So I feel like it's been 15 years that this might be the year for RFID. Tell me, tell me more about that. Well, it might be right. So RFID has always been interesting over the last decade. Uh, it enables um, a user to scan, 
you know, hundreds or thousands of tags in a, in a matter of seconds. It's just from a cost perspective, it hasn't been attractive. Um, as the costs have come down and as you have uh, big players or uh, distributing players requiring that you know, products are tagged with RFID, um, the more people that are implementing it is driving the cost down. But, you know, I'm seeing organizations leverage RFID in other ways, right? Whether it's to prevent loss or equipment to know where it's at. So if I have an RFID reader, whether it's on a fixed location or on a mobile device that I could trigger a scan read with, I could, you know, have an understanding of where my inanimate objects are at, you know, with RFID. So, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the, uh, the imagination of RFID actually start to play itself out in the workplace. Yeah, I feel like with what is it with the last twenty four months of supply chain being a mess, I feel like a lot of people wish they knew where more stuff was on their shelves. Oh, oh yeah, it's like uh, I just feel like the warehouses we go into. It's like like the Indiana Jones uh, and the, the Raiders Lost Ark, where they put the Ark in a building somewhere, and it's you know football fields and football fields of stuff, and it's it's not easy to find things if it's not put in the right spot. And you have an irate customer on the phone saying, there are eight on the website, go find them. And, you know, you're you know, in a million square foot, two million square foot facility. And, you know, they just don't understand that it's a lot of stuff in here. <laughs> All right. Trend number five. So the, the um, this is probably another controversial one, the, the personal versus shared device. Right. So not personal in, as in BYOD, but personal as in this is my device and you know nobody is, is, is going to mess with it now sometimes we've you and i have seen this we've gone out to facilities or we've gone out to sites and people hide devices in lockers because this device always works it's, it's like their lucky device um, but uh, one of the innovative things that walmart and samsung did um, earlier this year you know because of COVID, was give people a personal workforce device that they could take home and so that's interesting because, you know, now instead of this device being in this protected walled or garden in environment where, you know, it's always on the same network, it always charges in the same place, uh, you know, it never leaves the facility unless it's broken, um, can, can be anywhere. And so it'll be interesting to see how they manage um, those almost million devices that they're going to roll out. You know, do they come back um to work always on 100% charge or enough charge to get them through the day. You know, are people taking them home and trying to find ways to hack them? You know, if somebody leaves the organization, you know, do you try to recoup that cost or you just, you know, get another device from um, Samsung and, and roll it out? So that's going to be um, an interesting trend to see if other retailers follow. Um, I'm still seeing a lot of the traditional just shared devices. So, um, companies are starting to refresh on a tighter uh, window. So I think gone are the five to seven year device uh, refreshes, getting closer to that three year refresh cycle. Um, you know, that way you keep the, you know, the newest technology, you know, in an employee's hands. What, what do you think is driving that, that, that shortening of the life cycle? I mean, the devices almost seem more rugged now than they were four or five years ago, but what do you, what do you, what do you think is driving that? Well, I'm not sure if it's something somebody made up in a boardroom to say that three year life cycles are what everybody else is doing. And so you don't want to say not everybody else is doing that. And so you say, OK, and you do it anyway. 
um, you, you, you're starting to see uh, more leases in uh, these devices of, of how they're acquired and then devices as a service, right? So could I just pay you uh, one fee? It's a constant fee. I can always budget for it, but I'll always know I have the nicest device, right? So it's a bit like me snowboarding. Um, you know, I have the nice jacket and I got the helmet, but every year I'm going to show up, show up and I want to rent, you know, the nicest board over time that, you know, may not be fiscally the best uh, thing to do, but I always know I'm going to be riding the latest and greatest equipment. It makes me feel better. So uh, we'll see how that works. Uh, I think the one difference is the snowboards don't get twice as fast every two years. They don't, but you know, it, it, I, I feel like I'm running something new. And so I'm um, enjoying the experience versus w- wondering if my buckle is going to break or my uh, bundling is going to break this year or not. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Trend six was locationing or indoor location, I guess locationing in general. So maybe you can talk a bit about that. What I think you referred to the, the Wi-Fi six pieces earlier, but t- tell us more about that. Yeah. So it ties back to trend two, to connectivity, but indoor locationing, especially with Wi-Fi six. Um, and then as GPS gets continues to get better in these devices, right? So can you, can you talk about, so Wi-Fi 6, why, why is that important now versus in the past, like with Wi-Fi triangulation? Because you're going to have uh, greater detail as far as things indoors and in, in space indoors. And so that becomes, you know, important when, um, if I'm scanning inventory and if you want to know if something is on aisle, aisle 13 or just near aisle 13, it could be on aisle 11, 12, 14, or 15. So uh, being precise for indoor mapping of a product or being able to give just indoor uh, directions, right? I could be on a forklift and if I'm picking or or putting away, you know, you just remove um, things for me as a worker, potential worker to think about. And all I do is react to, you know, what's going on on the screen. And just make sure. So, as as I think about it, I think about Wi-Fi 6 gives you, like I said, they call it sub-meter accuracy. So they, you know within you know, 30 inches where anything is at any point in time. Now, if you have more than three APs, those APs have it built in, the devices have it built in. That's that's really what creates that power for the, the locationing indoors. Yep. And, and back to my, you know, on your website, it says you have eight in stock. And so if you knew exactly where or within a meter where those, you know, eight pieces of product are, um, you could find it faster. Yeah, I guess I get probably with the buy online pickup and trying to optimize that it helps a lot too. Uh, and the last trend, so trend seven you listed on there was the you, you call you called it the three R's. Uh, I guess it's not reduce, reuse, recycle, but the uh, your your new three R's. So what are those? Well, it's not Richard, Rick, and Ricky, but uh, <laughs> virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality. And so, like I said, these devices are extremely ca- capable. Um, some of the newer devices are coming out with uh, Android AR core built in. And so, you know, as, a, you know, a, an employee in the workforce to be able to hold up my device and have a mixed reality or augmented reality experience could become, you know, extremely powerful, especially when you want to get that attention to detail and um, that repetitiveness uh, in check. So whether that's uh, base sequencing uh, whether it's locationing, being able to hold up a device in a two million square foot facility and see exactly where um, uh, something is in space, um, I think you're going to start to see this 
bleed into the enterprise. You know, it, you know, it's been around for, you know, quite some time as far as, you know, being able to use it in Yelp or being able to use it in Google Maps. And we're starting to see some of that bleed into uh, some of the cars that are in the marketplace. But as a workforce device, you know, this would have been, you know, too bleeding edge as, um, as a tool and, you know, in virtual reality, just giving you the ability to tour or see or be somewhere, especially, you know, in a situation, you know, right now in the late part of this year where, you know, it's harder to travel. So how can you give somebody the experience or training somebody in an environment that you couldn't necessarily go to uh, at this point in time? Yeah, that's, I guess, to rear at that point. So you're saying that the CPUs, the cameras on the devices, and then just the sensors around the locationing and other stuff, that's that's really making that where it's a, a real thing now. It's not the garbage it was five years ago where yeah, Yelp nice. would tell you there was a restaurant within the close two miles and might tell you where, where it was in space, but... No, it's uh, it's a combining of almost a little bit of all of these trends, right? So the devices are more powerful. That's why you're able to put more applications on there. So whereas you might not have had a VR augmented reality application on there, you're deploying that. Um, you know, you have better connectivity. So I'm able to send and receive uh, much more data across much more devices. And so that enables me, you know, Wi-Fi 6 with the... Um, triangulation to know where I'm at in space makes all that possible. And so it's just a continuing of uh, improvement. It's just allowing these devices to do more. And, you know, because some organizations are, you know, not so keen on being homegrown or not so keen on being so SaaS, you're finding, uh, you know, they're finding this Venn diagram of, balance for them. So whether they're building those solutions themselves or, you know, relying on a partner, you know, who has those built in and just enabling them, enabling those on those devices. And back to my point is device as a service. If I just know that I'm going to constantly get the next, the latest and greatest, and I'm going to have some SaaS, it just allows, you know, the organization to continue to innovate to the future. Cool. All right. So just a quick summary. So the, the seven trends called out today. So the first one, applications. So more homegrown applications, more SaaS applications on those devices, on those workforce devices. Second one was the improved connectivity. So the LTE, 5G, Wi-Fi 6s. Um, third one was communication apps. So employees talking to each other, not not their traditional VoIP and and phone lines, but more of yeah, the, the new new communication mediums. Uh, the fourth one you mentioned was RFID. It's it's gonna be the year. Um, I might might have to check you on that one at the end of 2022. It's out there. <laughs> Out there. Uh, number five was the the personal device. Actually, the, the what Walmart's doing, where they're assigning devices to employees and hoping that it creates more ownership. Uh, number six was the indoor locationing. So, you know, using this Wi-Fi six, using the new routers that have built in, our new APs that have the built-in uh, Wi-Fi six and uh, triangulation pieces. And then the last one, the he's called the three Ls, three R's. The Virtual augmented and mixed reality, so leveraging the hardware to actually have those experiences. So those are the seven trends that uh, hopefully at the end of 2022 we'll, we'll see a couple of those happen, and I'm looking forward to it. But I guess to summarize today's discussion, if you had three things or three themes you had to pick out of those, like are there any things that, that you know, people ignored the last couple of minutes? What would they say? Here's my uh, my, my TLDR uh, that uh, really is, is most important for you. So the first one is communication. Just think about how employees communicate is very important, how they would use it, 
you know, how they would use it as a tool. Um, I know we've consulted and been in organizations where they've really wanted to be rigid with the communication. And as we've won that battle and opened it up, they found um, so many more opportunities and problems that were happening out in the field that if communication didn't happen, they just wouldn't know about um, the experience of apps. So just because the device is more capable, you have more space, you could do more with the device, think about that experience. So if I have a mix of homegrown and SaaS applications, you know, I want a single sign, I want to have a seamless single sign-on experience across those applications. Um, you know, just because I'm giving it to the user, I want to make sure that the user is not having to, you know, have you know, extra clicks to do extra things just because it's an app and it's available. Um, and then lastly, you know, devices will be more powerful. So, you know, think about how the workforce could be more efficient. Um, you know, with great power comes with great responsibility. So uh, it's an opportunity, but it's it's not uh, it's not a it's not a must win. You're not shooting a fish in a barrel. You're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to do some planning. It's going to be a conversation between operations, IT, and the workforce to figure out what's that balance um, as these devices can continue to do more. Awesome. Cool. And your uh, your snowboard will be twice as fast next year. So I look forward to seeing you barrel down the mountain at 80 miles an hour. Or the gremlin on the bottom looks twice as cool either way. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Richard, thank you for, uh, for covering these with me today and uh, appreciate it. Look forward to seeing how these trends play out in 2022. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. If you enjoyed the discussion, please take a few moments to rate us. If you would like to listen to future episodes, please subscribe. To learn more about mobility topics or submit any questions, visit us at bluefletch.com.